Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Portergals presents Terrifying Tales. I'm Debbie. And I'm Allison. And we're the Poltergals. Spooky. <laughs> Ghost Stories of the Appalachians. Written by Suzanne Smitten. Published in 2021 by Lone Pine Publishing. The Wizard Clip, Middleway, West Virginia. For many people growing up in Berkeley County, West Virginia, some of the first stories their parents shared were tales of haunting and witchcraft. Stories were handed down from mothers to daughters who often studied magic and believed wholeheartedly in the powers of witches. Few tales compared to the wizard clip. One of the strangest and oddly enough, one of the best documented. Perhaps it is not surprising that a lack of ink has been detected to keeping the story alive in the Appalachians. After all, it has the makings of a blockbuster movie. A strange visitor who dies suddenly, a poltergeist with a penchant for cutting things to ribbons, ghostly horses galloping through the night, mysterious livestock deaths, barns burning, and to think it all took place at the end of the 18th century. An article in the Shepherdstown Register on November 9, 1922, quoted Reverend Alfred E. Smith, editor-in-chief of the Baltimore Catholic Review, as saying that the tale of the bizarre incidents on the land once owned by a farmer named Adam Livingston is the truest ghost story ever told. The Livingstons were a hard-working farm family from Pennsylvania who moved to the eastern tip of West Virginia with their three boys and four girls to work on their 70 acres of land and to make the best life they could. The year was 1794. George Washington was still president. Eli Whitney got a patent to the cotton gin. The French Revolution was in full swing and the turn of the century neared. According to several accounts, a stranger appeared on the farmer's doorstep and asked if he might stay. Some versions indicate the man was already ill. Others suggest he lived at the farm as a boarder and became sick. Either way, the ending is the same. The man's illness worsened to the point where he asked for a priest to be brought to administer last rites. Livingston refused. It turns out 
Livingston had tied to his Lutheran beliefs. Some say he was intensely bigoted and told the dying man that even if he knew where to find a priest, he would never allow one access to his home. The stranger died, nameless and without a Catholic blessing, and Livingston buried him in a non-concentrated ground at the edge of the farm. Apparently that situation did not sit too well with the spirit of the dead stranger. Overnight, the peace of life on the Livingston acreage was shattered. Livingston's world became a living nightmare. Almost from the minute the man's lifeless body was covered with dirt. Strange phenomena plagued the farmer and his family. It started with the sound of horse galloping in the circles around the house throughout the night. Livingston peered out on the moonlit yard, but there were no animals to be seen. There is a long list of horrible events that are said to have transpired in the days and weeks that followed. Dishes flew off the shelves and broke. Chickens literally walked around with their heads cut off, butchered by some unseen hand. The barn burned down. Cows died of unknown malignities. Money vanished, and sourceless screams echoed through the farm buildings. The family felt terrorized and had no idea what was causing the phenomena and were powerless to stop it. Then, the clipping that gives the story its name commenced. The unseen phantom put cinema's Edward Scissorhands to shame. From dusk to dawn, the sinister sound of metal shears clicking in the house and around the farm, cutting everything in sight. Clothes, sheets, leather boots, saddles, anything malleable were cut in unusual spiral shapes so they could not be repaired. Half moon crescents were cut into garments while people were wearing them. The non-stop click, click, click went on for months. The predicament soon became the talk of Berkeley County, and people came from all over to witness the wizard clip for themselves. Most visitors arrived expecting a hoax and left having witnessed a haunting. One tale that has been handed down involves the visit of a woman who took pains to protect her good silk bonnet. Some report it as a shawl from the specter's snippers. She carefully tucked the hat inside a handkerchief and hid it in her pocket. But when she left the farm and pulled out her hat, it was cut into ribbons. Naturally, every huckster in Charlotte with a widget up his sleeve used this situation as an opportunity to make a buck. But no one could rid the farm of the problem. Not even the local Lutheran pastor could prevent the relentless clipping. Adam Livingston stubbornly refused to listen to his neighbor's advice and seek the help of a Catholic clergy. Until, that is, he had the dream. Livingston dreamed he was struggling up a steep hill. And when he finally made it to the top, he met a man in religious robes. It was not the long-bearded wise man of lore, but a cleric who told Livingston he could help him. Despite to find his dream man, Livingston implored some friends to help track the Catholic priest down. Livingston finally found Father Dennis Cahill presiding over a mass in Shepherdstown. As soon as Livingston saw the priest, he recognized him as the man on the mountain. He begged Father Cahill to help end his family's misery. Although reluctant, the minister visited the Livingston farm 
and sprinkled holy water throughout the house while praying. Now this seems hard to believe, but in every account the story goes that as Father Cahill prepared to leave, a bag of money that had disappeared suddenly reappeared in the air and fell to the floor in the doorway. It was a good omen for many days. The various disruptions ceased. Peace and quiet once again became the norm. The respite was short-lived. The brief rest gave renowned vigor to the phantom's penchant for slashing. Livingston appealed for Father Cahill to return. Now here, the story has a few variations. Some books and a newspaper article from a Washington Star dated October 31, 1978 indicate that a second priest named Dimitri Golson arrived at the behest of the bishop in Baltimore to investigate the story, and after three months recommended that an exorcism be performed. However, according to the West Virginia Historical Magazine Quarterly of January of 1904, the hauntings ended when Father Cahir returned to the house to celebrate Mass for the repose of the stranger spirit. Either way, the worst of the nightmare ended for Adam Livingston and his family. But the story did not end here. After the wizard clip came to voice, Livingston and his family converted to Catholicism, perhaps as a wave of the white flag, or maybe out of gratitude. In any event, reports of a mysterious voice that guided the newly converted and how to be good Catholics soon emerged on the farm. The voice instructed the family on religious rites, such as the rosary, and how to properly make this sign of the cross in the air. The disembodied religious instructor also told the family of the death of relatives who lived far away. The voice may have even prophesied the future, for it is recorded as telling the Livingstons that their farm will be a great place of prayer and fasting and praise. Adam Livingston deeded 34 acres of his land to the Catholic Church, and in 1978, that land became the priest-filled pastoral center a place of meditation, prayer, and solitude. And speaking to an employee that was currently working at the center, information that there have been no incidents to report of strange occurrences. One ghost hunter reports that in the late 1990s, there were some tourists who claimed to have purses, clothes, and camera straps cut by something, but there is no proof of that happening. The voice is silent. The clippers are seethed. And one of the strangest poltergeist stories in all of the Appalachians is now just that. Be sure to follow us on Facebook or on YouTube at The Poltergals or on Instagram at The underscore Poltergals. You can also find us wherever you get your podcast or at RogueMediaNetwork.com. You've been listening to The Poltergals, a Rogue Media Network podcast. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.